Welcome to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud, a podcast from LiveRamp that uncovers what's unsaid about technology, data, and business and explores how they intersect. I'm your host, Daniela Harkins, SVP of Commercial Strategy at LiveRamp. 2020 saw incredible changes, challenges, and opportunities within the advertising industry. As video consumption continues to increase, publishers and media companies like NBC Universal have needed to adapt what they offer to advertisers and how they deliver better consumer experiences that ultimately drive growth. In this episode, Jason White, LiveRamp's SVP and head of publishers, sits down and talks to Ryan McConville, EVP Ad Platforms and Operations for NBC Universal, about those key growth drivers for publishers in 2021. Hey, thanks, Daniela. I'm honored to have uh, Ryan McConville from NBC join us today. We're going to be talking about a lot of thought-provoking topics in the industry at large as we kind of look to uh, close the door on 2020 and turn the page to 2021. So Ryan, thanks for joining. I'd love to turn it over to you and give us a little background from your perch. You know, you kind of recently in the past year plus or so joined NBC from a startup-ish kind of a cargo so yeah, I'm just over a year here at NBCU. I guess my very, very quick background is uh, I've been in media and advertising for over 20 years now. I started in the what I call the original mobile media, which was magazines, at Rolling Stone in 1999. It was my dream job. Whenever I tell this story, I always say, like, it's crazy to think back then, because if you wanted to reach like men 18 to 34, you had to buy an ad in Rolling Stone. A testament to how much times have changed in 20 years. So I spent some time in the magazine industry, and I actually, I kind of skipped over desktop, and I went straight to mobile when the iPhone launched. I still remember when Steve Jobs talked about iAds, and it just seemed like such an exciting frontier. I was in a number of mobile ad tech startups, uh, most recently Cargo, which is where you, you and I met. That's right. Uh, and I spent almost seven years there with, with Harry Cargman, who I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners know. We built a, a yeah, really good business there, a creative ad tech business, a programmatic uh, ad tech business. And we did a lot of work with NBCU, which is how I came to know Krishan Bhatia and Lindy Acarino and Joe Cady and Jenny Burke and all the, all the folks who are now my uh, boss or colleagues. We had a great working relationship. And so, you know, I think much like that observation of iAds and, and the iPhone when it launched, seeing the next big thing on the horizon with the advent of streaming and connected TV it seemed like that next really big thing. So I was really excited by the opportunity, you know, knowing that Peacock w- was imminent to come over to NBCU and and, and continue my career here and uh, and try to help out best I can. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I was able to do, as you know, when we worked with each other at, uh, at CBS, love the CTV revolution and, uh, and and love to see what you all are, uh, are doing over there with Peacock, uh, subscriber, obviously. You all have had some great gains. Um, as you kind of, Look forward into 2021. What were some of the biggest lessons, Ryan, you'd say that you learned over this past year? Obviously, it had its challenges with COVID. How did that impact your world? It's a good question. I think maybe I'll give you a personal answer and like a professional answer. I think, you know, on a, on a personal front, the biggest lesson that I learned last year, which we probably all learned, was just how adaptable and resilient people are. The idea that we could run these billion-dollar companies from our laptops at home is crazy to think about, but we all adapted to do it. And the people on my team who I didn't know all that well, because I, you know, I just started right really right before the pandemic, just to see like how strong they were. A lot of them are parents. And I remember that first time where it really hit me, you know, we use Teams. Zoom yeah. has become like the verb, even if it's not Zoom. And I remember the first time where the kids just like jumped on their lap and they were like working with their kids there and like that became the new normal. 
but a lot of those guys were doing their jobs, launching a new streaming product, which we'll, I'll talk about a lot more in a nice. second, and taking the care of their kids at the same time. So that was the biggest lesson I learned personally. On a professional front, I mean, last year, I kind of learned the TV business. You know, I gave you my background. I, was, I did magazines, I did mobile, but in my ad tech days, I was really a digital native. So I had to learn a lot about, about TV. I'm very familiar with ad servers and SSPs and DSPs, but I had to learn what a, a log scheduler is and uh, all this <laughs> sort of technology that is a huge part of our business. That was a big net new learning in 2020. But I think m- more so than that, or more broadly than that, what I, what I learned was how progressive a quote unquote TV company NBCU is and really like what what it means to be a television company because obviously that is that is changing pretty remarkably. And I think the company has a, a real vision set by Krishan and by Linda, especially amongst others, that you know TV is evolving and that we need to evolve with it as the consumer trends change, right? And so I think that we know that like increasingly it will be digitally delivered, it will be highly automated, it will be custom audience targeted. And NBCU is doing all of the things to kind of, you know, meet that future as it arises. And the most obvious example of that from 2020 was the launch of Peacock, which I, you know, had the, the honor to work on with my team. We did all the, the freewheel integrations into the system to get the, the ads capabilities up and running across 17 app deployments. Now, you know, yeah. server-side ad insertion and stitching. And can you believe it? I mean, it's... I am, uh, I am very familiar with uh, server-side yeah. ad insertion. Yeah. You know, the latest right. public numbers is like 33 million signups. I mean, the, the business has just exploded. It's been really fun to watch. That's a very long answer to your question. If you put the two together, it's like I joined a company with like really resilient people that are really reimagining what, what a TV business is going into the future. No, I think that that's solid. I, I think that's something that's really germane to all of our, our listeners. I mean, we're all going through the same things, but sometimes we personalize it. And sometimes we feel, particularly in this world, like, you know, we're on an island and kind of, you know, going through this alone. I think it's good to hear that folks like NBC, you have been able to, you know, launch such an incredible product like Peacock. And again, from my CBS background, I can tell you, how Herculean that was. And to be able to do that, you know, during this past year, I, I was just blown away. And I, and I read the journal, Wall Street Journal every single morning. And, uh, you know, I've been seeing all of the great press that you guys had. And I saw that subscriber number. And I was just, I mean, I was blown away. So as you kind of look to 2021, kind of springboarding off of that, looking forward, we're talking high level concepts here. How are you all looking to kind of continue this uh, amazing growth? Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously when people talk about the future of NBCU, they, the first thing they think about is Peacock. And, and that, that makes a lot of sense because it, it sort of is the, the, the new flagship and, and very much sort of leading our, our march towards the future. But I do think it's really important to state that the company is, is bigger than just even Peacock, right? And so the strategy that we really launched in 2020, which we'll be continuing in 2021, is what we call our one platform strategy. And I actually think it's right up LiveRamp's wheelhouse because it really is about an audience first approach. What happened, and, and logically so, is TV companies, having been TV companies for so long, as they launched digital properties, people would approach them and say, well, I have a linear budget or I have a TV budget, right? right. And like, so those ecosystems kind of got splintered. But I think under the guidance of Linda, she's really encouraged the company to think about the audience first and the consumer first. Yeah. And so one platform is our business and technology strategy to really make sure that we are doing that, right? So when someone comes to NBCU, they're not coming to buy a linear plan or a digital plan, they're coming to find their audience and realize their business objectives. 
And so we're, we built a set of, of technologies and products, and I can give you like a short preview of some of them Please. that really en en enable that to happen, right? So when a marketer comes to us, we're distributed, you know, not, we have the, all the cable distribution, the, the standard cable distribution. Okay. We have all the, the VOD set-top box uh, supply. We have the connected TV supply, which is on every major device out there. And then we have our content feeds in places like YouTube, in places like Hulu. And so our audiences are vast. And as they move around between these platforms and devices, the person that a marketer may want to reach could be in any number of those places. Like they could be watching Saturday Night Live recaps the day after on YouTube. The idea of just coming and buying a linear plan to reach an audience is very outdated given the state of the world. So one platform is our ability to say, why don't you talk to us about which, which audience you want to reach? And then we can build a plan that goes across that entire ecosystem and optimizes across that entire ecosystem in order to reach those audiences. That's fantastic. So. That's what you need to do. But a lot of folks get caught in that. We're going to make our problem our client's problem because we're in these silos kind of deal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I certainly think that we are trying to do that. And, but I also would say that like it is it's still an industry problem. And I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll talk about industry problems we're solving because, you know, both sides of the aisle, right, are still kind of locked in these traditional roles of linear or digital. So I think it is very avant-garde, but we have made huge, huge progress in 2020, right? And and we would continue to do that in 2021. Some of the ways that we're doing that are launching these like data-driven optimizers. So you can bring a custom audience to NBCU. We use a, a variety of first-party data assets, NBCU and Comcast assets, all done, obviously, in a pri privacy compliant privacy, way. Yeah, um, and we can create an optimized plan that basically says that you can reach these users on our linear distribution points, but these users are not seeing your ads on our, on our linear distribution points. And so we can create an incremental reach plan where you know that you're reaching you know, net new users through our streaming products that you're not reaching in linear. So that is sort of the essence of one platform. And that really it was the strategy in 2020, and we're doubling down on that in 2021. Yeah, we, we love that. And to your point earlier, we're definitely partners in that regard, working cross-platform and look forward to seeing that growth as well. Ryan, from your purview, your perch, what do you feel, and I, I think that this kind of dovetails into what you were talking about earlier, because you all are at the tip of the spear and, and avant-garde, what do you feel the media industry needs to solve uh, most for? I think that you've covered some of it. I think the, the industry still is sort of in its lanes, right? And so... We all, I think, need to continue to put the consumer first and the and the audience first in how we approach that. But you know, listen, a lot of what LiveRamp is trying to solve for is part of the crux of the problem, right? So understanding who those audiences are on these different distribution points can be tricky. Distribution on YouTube, the amount of data that a publisher that publishes to YouTube gets back in return is different than the amount of data that they might have on the user in their own owned and operated app. Hundred percent. Right. Trying to stitch together a full picture that incremental reach of those audiences across all of those disparate distribution points can be tricky. Different companies are taking different approaches to it. I think there's sort of the open internet approach, which I know LiveRamp is, is a big supporter of. And then you have the walled garden approach. And those things are sort of colliding. So I think the, you know, the industry, as we look ahead, really has to grapple with, you know, how do we start to think about a consistent way to target audiences and manage frequency across those different supply pools and different yeah. distribution points. Yeah. Amen. I had, you know, a lot of obviously being a part of the upfronts for the past uh, you know, seven years, particularly over the past three, have had quite a few discussions with, you know, again, our, our in clients who are the marketers and, and trying to solve for them, but you know, working with chief investment officers at agency holding companies that have always 
said, you know, their ideal is to be able to global frequency cap, target cross-platform and measure cross-platform so they can have better outcomes for their marketers because that's what this is all about. So on that, Ryan, cross-platform measurement, we talked about, you know, how marketers want to manage against duplication and they'll obviously double down in those areas that are more performant. Can you talk a little bit about cross-platform measurement? I'll start off by talking about measurement, I think, just more yeah. broadly, because I, I, again, like when it comes to television, I think historically, like the measurement currency has been Nielsen audiences, right? And so I think we're coming out of a, a place where, I think we're, we're happy to come out of that place, right? Where we're not just looking at it through that lens alone. And we're really trying to get to a place where we're measuring campaigns on impact in a way from just like imp- impression delivery. Broadly speaking, on the reach and frequency side, I mentioned it earlier, but we are not just doing cross-platform optimization in planning, but we're doing cross-platform reach metrics in our reporting as well. We launched that product in 2020, and we're going to be advancing it in 2021. And in those measurement reports, we are bringing to clients the reach estimates that they've gotten deduplicated between those platforms. And I think it is very, very important for what advertisers want want to look at. I think on top of that, kind of going forward to sort of see that question and raise you one, you know, we want to get to a place where more of those impressions are, me- are measurable by being able to bring data back to line up with point of sale data, be able to bring back data to line up with foot traffic data, to be able to bring data back to line up with, with web visit data. Uh, and all of those things are powered by the sort of first party data strategies that we've been talking about. And we have been beholden because of the way that this ecosystem works is you've got walled gardens like you were illustrating earlier, but you've got walled gardens of identifiers as well. You've got cookie walled gardens, you've got made walled gardens, and this is your world, right? That you've been living every day. Yep. And you've got CTV ID and IP walled gardens. And you know that's really where like we've focused and obviously we're partnering on, but to be able to, to, to do that and deliver on that, that's the holy grail. Well, and I would say, you know, NBCU to to that end, the shift in the model from linear to more of a direct-to-consumer streaming model, I think, plays well to solving some of that. As we roll out with apps like Peacock, we have that direct-to-consumer login that's consistent regardless of of where we're distributing the app. And I think we probably both agree that, you know, this comes down to first-party data, right, in the future and the ability for companies like NBCU to really build a, a direct and trusted relationship with its consumers by creating a great content product, enough so that those consumers are, are logged into our universe when they're interacting with us. That's a great point. That was going to be my next question to you is like, how do we create these better consumer experiences? And that's by doing exactly what you're saying, developing that relationship with them. So much can come out of that. Can you illustrate more on that point? Love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I think as consumers become more savvy about how they trade data and when they are willing to do that when they're not, it really comes down to the experience that they they get in return, right? So I think NBC has been a huge leader in that even prior to the connected TV revolution, starting with advances in advantage like Prime Pods. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I, I learned about it when I, when I came to the company, yep. but NBC Universal for a long time has been lightening the ad load to increase the consumer experience. So people are seeing fewer you know, net ads per hour of consumption. And I don't know if you know this, but Peacock has the lowest, lightest ad load in the industry. I've experienced it because I, obviously my background, but like, I just FYI, like we are huge. And, you know, I have to filter some of it because it's nine and 10 year olds, but we are huge SNL wonks. Yeah, I, I hit the archives quite a bit. And so especially some of the Eddie Murphy stuff, right? So I, I've experienced that firsthand. That's awesome. So, I mean, we think that, you know, through great commercial innovation and great ad experiences, 
if you combine that with data, you actually create a really great viewing experience. You know, that creates a flywheel, right? So if people love coming to our properties and they see things like on Peacock, our solo ads, where they have to, they watch one ad and get the rest of the movie ad free, you know, that creates a, a really good, I think, um, value exchange, right? And so we're very confident that if we continue to innovate on the great creatives and the ad innovation and the great content, we will be able to offer a fair value exchange for those logged in users, which I think then goes back to enabling all those use cases that are important for our marketing customers. Yeah, 100%. And as you talk about that flywheel is very much not scripted. Some of it is, but that kind of gets to my next question. How do you adjust to changes in third-party identifiers and and that in that world? I mean, you're talking a lot about you know building that trust, transparency, and owning that consumer relationship. And it's a logged-in state, which comes along with that is the ability to have better consumer data that marketers can target off of, more relevant ad experiences, lighter loads, like you talked about, which is better consumer experience. You know, how does that? safeguard and grow your monetization. And I, I mean, even taking away some market share from, you know, the walled gardens that have owned identity for so long. Yeah. I mean, I think connected TV is the opportunity for, you know, companies that traditionally may have relied a lot more on third party data, like an MBCU historically to really reinvent themselves through that first party data connection. I would say though, you know, NBCU has really great consumer direct relationships. We have our parks business, we have our Fandango business, and folks sometimes don't always connect all those pieces when they think about our media business, but we have a great history of interacting directly with customers. And so it was announced a few months ago that we're working on this new data strategy, which I I can't talk in too much depth about. I think the short short version for now is that we're making a real concerted effort to, to look at how we bring those identities in across the entire portfolio platform in a way that benefits consumers and marketers. So I do think that there is this new opportunity with the launch of streaming to get more into the identity game and, and bring TV to the next level, right? I mean, a lot of other reasons people like ads on Instagram is, is always the example that people get is because the data is so good that they are personalized, not in a, pre, like in a good way, right? Like people yeah. will say that they, they buy things. And I mean, if you were to take that type of precision, but bring it to it, the power of video, and storytelling in, in, a, in a connected TV app, you really start to see, I think, the potential for what a modern, a modern quote-unquote TV company will be if they sort of handle their data strategy in the right way. That's right. It's above and beyond what you can do, obviously, in, in linear today. And, and you're right. Some of the walled gardens just aren't there in those uh, spaces. I'd also argue, sorry to interrupt, Chase. They've lost a little bit of trust, right? That's part, yeah. part of the issue. You know, NBCU, if it has anything, it has a long history of trust with its customers. And so I think as we think about building a data business, it really does, as I said, with our one platform strategy, it all starts with the consumer right. and creating a great uh, experience for the consumer, creating a value exchange for the consumer that gives us the, the tools to create uh, great uh, products for our marketing partners. A hundred percent. Now to finish it out, this is going to be more on the personal side. Ryan, thanks for taking the time with us today. This has been, as always, just a uh, an enlightening conversation and just love to hear what you're working on. And I know it's good for our listeners too, who are leaning in and kind of taking notes. Personal side, first vacation you plan to take after all of this? Yeah, I think my wife's keeping a running list. You know, we loved to travel. Uh, it would probably be Africa. We've been to Africa uh, many times. Went to Tanzania for our, our honeymoon. I've been to Rwanda. We actually went, we got to South Africa in January of this year for my wife. She had a big birthday. I won't, I won't say how old on a podcast, but we went to South Africa and we just like, obviously not knowing that the world was about to shut down. 
you know, we're big fans and my son's four now and every year I get more excited about taking him on a proper safari. So that, that would probably be our first choice, you know, when this all ends. I love it. I love it. And how about like a dealer's choice, best series that you binged or a, a book that you think that we should all read as, as we brave out these last uh, couple of months here? I'm very passionate about this best book idea. It's a book called Team of Teams by General Stanley McChrystal. But he basically, it's a basically a book of how you create a team dynamic at really big companies. Because as companies get big, they get siloed, and it gets hard to work together as, as a team. And I find it just, I read and reread it because it's just infinitely wise, I think, in terms of how we have to collaborate with each other, especially in these times. So I highly recommend it. Thanks so much, Ryan. This has been so fruitful. One of the better humans in our industry, Ryan McConville. Thanks for joining us today, bud. Thanks, ditto. Thanks, Jason. This podcast was brought to you by LiveRamp. You can find us online at LiveRamp.com and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at LiveRamp. Subscribe to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts.